we make it up. It's different each time. Look, I reckon this can probably be the, the start, start of the season. I'll You'll start. start. <laughs> yeah. start. Yeah, that is the idea. <laughs> yep, good. So welcome everyone to the Better Blokes Project. We are kicking off season two. So it has been a bit of time since our last episode. Um, so much so that my newborn son that we were talking about a little bit on the first season um, is now nine weeks old. So pretty crazy. Um, pretty surreal being a dad. Uh, I know... All of us in the room here, here are dads, and we might talk about that a little bit further um, on in the episode. But I'd uh, like to thank Josh for coming on. And, and mate, we dive straight into it typically. So um, what's your small piece of advice that you would give others around you to just help them be that little, little bit better every day? Um, I've been thinking about this hard over the last four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and for me in my life, I think one thing that is very important to me that I know has made a big difference in my life is I journal. I do journaling every night and the way my journal set out, it's got prompts in it so that I don't forget to think about certain things throughout and sort of think about it and reflect on it for each day and then go back and look at that at the end of the week. So Definitely catch, um, capture certain points, which is, yeah. Yeah, and force myself to think about certain things and make sure I'm on track with certain things. Um, you know, things like exercise, um, what I've been doing during the day. Um, another one is gratitude. I always try and make a point to say what I'm grateful for at the end of each day. So, yeah. So no, that's wicked. Yeah, it's really good. It's something that um, we've heard a bit about and it would be good to elaborate on that further, but just about yourself and what you've done, uh, where you come from, uh, what you're doing now, uh, dad stats, is that what we say? Yep. So all the above, so we'll dive into that and then, yeah, we'll get into it. Well, so born in Launceston and uh, um, grew up in Lonnie, went to school um, and Prospect High School and Launceston College, so I spent most of my um, youth in in Lonnie and then um, decided to do an ag science degree, which was, I didn't really know what I wanted to do at the end of college had a few interests in music and science and a few other things, but, um, yeah, the ag science sort of interested me because it was sort of um, – I really enjoyed science and I was in, living in a sort of agricultural area, so that sort of made good sense to me. So went down to uni and did the four-year course of ag science down, at, um, down in Hobart, which I was happy to get out of after four years, <laughs> um, and then got a job – up in Olveston uh, with Servag as an agronomist. So that was um, basically what agronomy is, is giving advice to growers. So I'd go up and uh, visit all the local growers around this area in, in Gawler and um, forth, um, yeah, all the way through to Ryanna, visiting growers on a weekly basis, looking at their crops, um, giving them advice on what, you know, nutrition, irrigation, pest control, all that sort of thing. And I did that for eight years. I was with Servag and that was good fun. And then um, I moved into Harvest Moon for one year um, to be a senior agronomist for Harvest Moon on the, on their crops. And then, yeah, then I made the change to go to the, the brewery full time. So um, in terms of the brewery, I started home brewing in uni to, yeah. to just make the cheapest pisses possible. <laughs> <laughs> um, we can all aspire to that, mate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's it's. 
I mean, ag science was great. They sort of had homebrew competitions. It was just a, a, the thing you did, basically. Um, got the old Cooper's kit, made some pretty rancid batches. <laughs> um, but I'm sure you drank them anyway. You sure did. <laughs> <laughs> Sipped on them and just thinking, oh, how good's this? But then just sort of wincing, going, oh, <laughs> it tastes like shit. <laughs> but, you know, just w- working out how much, how many cents it was per bottle and that sort of thing. <laughs> so that was, yeah, that was good fun. But the more that I did my science degree, the, the units that I was studying um, helped me with my brewing quite a lot. So I, I did a lot of um, courses such as microbiology and chemistry and all that, which you can apply to brewing quite easily, yep. especially um, especially microbiology actually because brewing is 90% cleaning and 10% brewing. Yep. So it's all about if everything's clean, then you're most of the way there. So, yeah, th- throughout the um, the uni degree, I learnt how to brew better and slowly got out of the Cooper's kit and made some more um, sort of all-grain brewing. And, um, yeah, got to the stage where I moved up here to Alveston and, yeah, I got to the stage where I was making like all these batches of beer and friends and family were saying, oh, why don't you sell this stuff? And I sort of thought, oh, I wonder what the process is and looked through it and found that it was pretty fairly straightforward for, for me to start selling the stuff. So did that, got the licence and then um, started, uh, I approached Paul Morrison in, at Morrison Brewery in Lonnie and um, asked him if I could use my recipe on his gear to um, sort of make that step from home brewing to commercial brewing without having to invest fully on a massive brew kit. So that worked well. I did, I don't know how many batches I did with Paul. It was probably, probably 10 or 20 batches, I reckon. And that was great. So I could sort of test the waters to see if it was worthwhile in, um, investing in my own brewery. And, um, yeah, it sold really well. The local local guys up here loved, the, loved to have a local beer, so... Um, yeah, sort of made the call while I was still working full time to um, invest in the in the brewery around at Short Street, and um, yeah, that was great. Sort of, um, yeah. That's, there's a lot to go from there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and man, that must have been big real, steps. Yeah, massive yeah. steps, and and yeah. probably leads me back into. Um, you spoke a little bit about journaling, and some of our other guys have spoken about that in the past, as well as gratitude. I think Belly talked about yeah. gratitude and Martin as well to a degree. Yep. Um, so with that and cycling back to, to your 1%, how did you integrate like journaling into that journey? Like where did it start? Yeah, How do you find the time? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, j- journaling came uh, a fair bit after all of that. So I guess going back, um, the next big step for me was after I got the brewery in Short Street, I, um, I sort of realised that, Selling, selling the, just the cans wholesale is okay, but if you want to make more money, the best way is to sell it direct and to have your own bar. And so I, um, it sort of all just worked at the right time that the, the um, restaurant down at the wharf here in Alveston came up for lease. And um, looking back, it was pretty crazy to <laughs> take on a, a project like that. But, yeah, I went for it and got it and... Um, Still working full time, I was working five days a week at Harvest Moon and had the brewery, and then and opened up a 120 seat restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> like it was just 
ridiculous. So I wasn't journaling at all during that period. Yep. And, um, yeah, it was way too much looking back in hindsight. And it, so the journaling sort of came in as a result of burning out. Yeah, right. Yeah. So by doing all that, I just kept burning out. I was just constantly burning out just way too much on my, on my plate. Yeah, for sure. And had young family as well. So had, um, yeah, had a, my little boy and had a girl on the way and all this going on and I was just, yeah, crashing. Just frazzled. Crashing hard. So, yeah, as a result of that, I sort of went to a psychologist for a little bit and he's, he got me onto the path of journaling and doing all this sort of good stuff and it's gone from there. That's awesome, man. Tell us a little bit more about... Um, you know, we've heard about journaling and stuff before and, and personally I've sort of, I, I won't say I do it, but I've dabbled in it just sort of on my phone and whatnot and can totally relate. But just to lean back into um, what you were saying about um, burnout and, you know, that's come up in the podcast before, but also I guess your 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 mental state or your mindset when going into um having full-time work and then, you know, that decision, like what went through your mind when you were, um, you know, deciding to open a 120-seat restaurant? Um, yeah, I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me at the, at the time, it was a too good opportunity to pass up. So that was sort of the reason that I did it was because I thought if I don't do it, I'll be hating myself for not doing it. Yeah, so, Were you driven by it like, being a provider for the family and seeing that as a financial thing for the family or was it more like a passion? It was a passion, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like I said, I had the I had the uh, full-time job, so that was providing yeah. um, amply for the family. So yeah. um, it was it was me following my dream and, and chasing that passion. And I'll, probably because I wasn't journaling, I wasn't reflecting on it well enough and I wasn't probably thinking it through. Um, for me... What it felt like it was, I was just riding the wave, like I was just on this wave, and I just had to ride it out. Just taking it as it comes. Yeah, just yeah. taking it as it comes. Yeah. What, what um, you know, you mentioned family there, and knowing that you have two young ones, what what impact did uh, that decision have on your young family? Yeah, it was pretty tough actually. Um, it meant that I was away most nights, um, especially during the first opening up of the restaurant. I was closing every night. Um, so I was working all through the day, closing of the night, getting home late, not much sleep. So, yeah, it was, it was impacting on the family for sure. Um, and after, I'm trying to think how long, I think it was about, because we were open for three months and then COVID hit. And so that sort of helped. That was a bit of a breather for me to um, yeah, not have so much on my plate there for about six months, uh, three months that we were closed. And then when we reopened... After COVID, I kind of realised that um, that the the restaurant business was supporting me enough that I could give up the full time job. Yeah, yeah. So that sort of helped a lot. Talk us through that decision as well. So you know, there is a lot of budding sort of entrepreneurs. Like we, you know, we thinking back to to season one, um, we had Quinny sort of going out and making that decision to go out and and yeah, do his own thing, do his yeah. own thing, step out of that safety blanket. Yeah. What was what was that like for you mentally? Like the struggles of you know knowing that look, if all things go pear shaped, I've still got a nine to five job like that pays me well to do the work. 
what was that like for you, like going and then just going, fuck, I'm going to have a go at my own thing and I know I'm going to be okay? How was, how was that? Mm. It was, um, it seemed right at the time. It didn't seem like a big decision, but um, looking back on it, it, it's risky for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just knew that um, financially the business was doing well and um, I, I guess I had trust in it that it would continue to support me pretty well. Um, and not only that, you know, obviously if COVID hit again and we shut down again, that there goes my income, but I also had the brewery side of things. So that was still <laughs> pumping during COVID, still selling a lot of beers. And that was, yeah. So we had to drink, didn't we? We had to drink. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we could do. <laughs> sales actually went up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's probably where that's a bit different to what Quinny did. So Quinny yep. stepped out of the safety blanket and then started something. Whereas mm. you've had a business running at the time that had some runs on the board and you knew that it could do what you needed it to do. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have that period of, yeah, of nothing in between. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. So it was good that. I had that, that I wasn't stepping out into nothing, but at the same time, that period of having both was, yeah, very hard. Handy. Yeah. Yeah. How did you manage your, your sort of, I know you mentioned burnout, like how did you manage, like what were some of the things that you done before journaling, et cetera, and you did say that you sought professional help, but was there anything else that you done um, in that time where maybe you realised you were becoming unwell or it was becoming a bit overwhelming, like kind of stuff would you tell others that that really helped you um i guess surrounding myself around the right people would be one of the things um getting help with you know realizing where you need help and asking for help i've always been i've always found it hard to ask for help i've always wanted to do everything myself and sort of a bit stubborn like that so um yeah asking people for help and and yeah, that would help. Having having people around you that you know they're going to do a quality job that you would do. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. A big one for me. Mm. That is hard. Yeah. yeah, especially when it's it's your passion and you want that yeah. person. It's your baby. To, yeah, yeah, that's right. You yeah. need. Yeah, you don't want to give it up. Yeah. <laughs> so the journaling came into it on, on what period? Like during the COVID, after the COVID, like when was your burnout? Um, after COVID, oh. Like, was it while you were still working your full-time job? Yeah, and, no, it was, yep. yeah. And then you go into that and you seek that professional help and then a lot of people we've had on board have sort of stayed on with their psychologists a little bit and still mm-hmm. maintain that relationship somewhat and see them. Mm-hmm. So in terms of, of that and your journaling, like you said that it's quite guided and stuff, is it something that you're willing to share on how guided it is for other people who want to do it? Like Aaron's dabbled in it. I've wrote it once in my notes on my phone, but yeah, I, I learned you can it. share notes from your phone to my partner's phone the other day. We did a list before we went away on the weekend. You can t- both tick it off. So we could do like a shared yeah. thing, something like that, which was good. But well, I don't, I've got no guide. I've got no thing. I'm sure they're available. You need a template. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, a template. Right. Like yeah. what's your template? Yeah, I sort of just came up with it myself. It's literally, I, I use a paper book, and which I'm, Old school writing there. A pen. A pen. Uh, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> not, not, a, not a stylus. A pen. Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, I write in it every day. I, I, really, I find that manually writing it down is so much better than even typing dig- it digitally. Yeah. 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 Because it's, it's just, you, aren't, you download it, you get it off your brain and it's on the paper and it's just, so it's, yeah, feels like it's physically off. 
Yeah, yeah. And out of you. And going digitally, you might be a little bit stimulated from just mm. interacting with technology as well. Yeah, yeah. I've just got. To, I've just got to the footy scores. Exactly. I've just got to find a book that hasn't been written in already. <laughs> I yeah. sent you that video. Yeah. Um, yeah. So keep going. Yeah. So in terms we of digress. what I what I um, my template is, I guess it's it's certain prompts in on the page that I write down every day. So one thing is always exercise. Um, I just try and get at least thirty minutes of exercise a day. Doesn't matter what what it is. I'm, I usually run quite a lot, but I've cooked my knee, so I'm swimming now. <laughs> um, so exercise is one. Um, gratitude is one. So I always, um, yeah, think about what I'm grateful for at the end of each day. Uh, what else is there? Just notes on the day. So I'll just have notes about what what happened, what I thought of, uh, um, and that sort of thing. Um, trying to think what else is in there uh, um, and then the other one is kind of I don't really know what I call it it's just basically learning you know um, reading uh, creativity is sort of what it is so it's either reading um, playing music or um, doing something one of my hobbies so it's yeah. an activity that you want to make sure you tick off once per day yeah it's something that yeah that I know that I have enjoyed. Yep. Like I want to do something every day that I've, I know that I've enjoyed. Yep. Yeah, yep. that's good. And you share these with your family, like your partner, and no, 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 no I keep it to myself. Yeah, yep. that's not. It's good. And then, <laughs> and so if something's lacking. So if you have an exercise for three days, do you then like get real antsy because oh, I've got to do it tomorrow? I have to do it tomorrow because I've done it for three days. See my journal, so I have to. Mm. Do it. I don't get antsy, but it's it, it's keeping me. Um, What's the word? It's, it helps it's keep like yourself accountable. accountable. Yeah, it's yeah. keeping yeah. me accountable, exactly. Like, if I wasn't doing it, I might go a whole week without exercising and not really realise. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can It's like me paying $30 a week to go to the gym. Makes me go to the gym because yeah. I'm a tight yeah. ass. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to get my values worth. Yeah. Um, yeah. I rode my push bike for the first time on Thursday. Ooh, there you go. Good. In three years. We were only just talking about that the other Amazing. day because yeah. I was wheeling my bike out and I was like, fuck, I haven't been out in the mountain bike for a little while. And Olivia was like, oh, when did you last time go out? And I said, oh, probably with Guy. And I was like, oh, that's a long time ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah we <laughs> Quite went a few years ago. We went to the pump track with the boys. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. The Trobe. Yep. Thrashed me. I did like three laps. Nice stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, I reckon I'd be cooked myself. Yeah. Um, mate, so we spoke a little bit about, obviously, where Buttons went until you got to that point of, um, you know, opening the restaurant and that kind of stuff now. Now that that's, that chapter's sort of, I guess, closed, um, for those that aren't local, um, Buttons Restaurant has sort of moved on. What are you doing now, Luck? Uh, are you back uh, being an agronomist and what made you to sort of make the decision to, to close up the restaurant, I guess, is probably where I'm going with that. Um, yeah, so the, we were there for three years um, and after sort of that two, two-and-a-half-year mark, I kind of got to the stage where I felt like I'd achieved that goal. Done it. And awesome. Wave had finished. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I sort of said to myself, I can either set more goals and change, you know, push this in a different direction or I can step back and say, I've done that. It's some time for someone else to take it on and just go back to just making the beer and, and um, doing the brewing, which is what I love. Yeah. Um, that's sort of what the passion is. I, I don't feel like I go to work every day. So, um, yep. 
Yeah. And you're still doing that full time? That's full time. Yeah. Yep. And that and gives you much more time with your family and stuff? Oh, heaps more. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's wicked that you've you've risen to the not to the, you know, to the top, I suppose. You've you've got there and you've done this and then you've just gone yeah. cool. You haven't gone and just kept going and mm. going and going and burying yourself further. You've just appreciated recognize what you've gone, recognise what you've been able to do. Yeah. Just gone now it's time to recoup the benefits of what I've done and given up in order to get that. Yep. Which I think is beneficial for a lot of people to realise that they can just let it go. Mm-hmm. And I assume you'd say you'd be happier now that you've got that time with the family and you're doing all that mm. sort of stuff. Like, you know, I don't stalk you, but you're at the park regularly. Like, I go to the park regularly, so you're there regularly. And that seems good. Like, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I knew that I couldn't um, push it any further. Like, I knew I'd probably just burn out again if I... If I continue to to push that side of things so i was um i I think i was very lucky to find a buyer and that i didn't want to just close it like to actually sell it was yeah very lucky Make sure it kept going yeah that's didn't right lose all that work yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. right yeah so um yeah no that was great so now i'm just back to making the beer sending it out and being at home every weekend and every night Yep. Except for tonight. So you've got, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks for coming out. But So you managed to get the business to that point where that just filled that, that gap entirely of full-time work and you can just own it. I, like I know personally, like you can buy Buttons beer at pretty much every single bottle shop in Tasmania, it would seem. So you've definitely pushed it a, a really long way in what I would consider, um, and looking from the outside in, probably a really short period of time like to – to get it into as many bottle shops and, and places as you have in Tasmania is really a testament to you and obviously to a good brew. Um, folks, if you do want Buttons beer, it's pretty much available at any single bottle shop. Um, Josh could probably like plug it a little in bit Tassie. better than what I can. <laughs> in Tassie, I'm not sure if it's on the mainland no, yet. No, not on the mainland, no. No. But, um, yeah, we're drinking Sea Spray tonight, fellas, and it's very, very good. Mm. It's feel sponsored. Feel yeah. sponsored, yeah. <laughs> feel, sponsored, yeah. <laughs> feel obliged. Um, yeah, but, mate, I think for a lot of people um, – just a, a testament to you for actually following, I guess, a passion um, and not feeling like you had to be stuck in, you know, I think Quinny was talking about that as well. That in the grind. Stuck in the grind, working for the man because you're afraid of making that leap. Um, is there any sort of last little things that, that you would like to reflect on for perhaps anyone else that's thinking about um, maybe a similar journey? So whether or not as a brewer or just as an entrepreneur sort of looking to make that step into the, the next step into working for themselves or, or whatever it might be? Yep. Um, first of all, I, I think I was very lucky in the fact that my passion was a rapidly growing market and I was the first one to do it in this area. So that that was... Perfect time and place. Perfect time and place for me. Um, you know, if, you, if your passion is something that no one wants to buy, then <laughs> that makes it <laughs> quite a bit difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I know that I was very lucky to um, step into it at the right time and the right place, and so it sort of just uh, organically grew very well. So I didn't really have to push it that hard. Um, in terms of advice for people to, um, yeah, have a crack, i I guess my advice would be to to test the waters like I did, you know, start off, um, yeah, don't go in full whole hog, um, test the waters um, to see how things go and I guess don't try not to 
burn out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know, check yourself, you know, make yep. sure you're, um, I guess, if you're take, uh, keeping a journal, that, that would have helped me a lot more back in the day if I, if I was sort of writing down what I was doing when I was working full-time and having a family and running a restaurant. If at the end of every night I was doing what I'm doing now, I probably would have said, oh, hang on, this, is, <laughs> this isn't sustainable. You a couple of pages and you're like, holy shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. No, that's so awesome. Could. Great spot to finish it, mate. Thank you very much for, for coming on the podcast. Um, cheers, everyone, for watching. Look, please make sure you like and subscribe. This is our first episode of Season 2. Um, we've spoken a little bit about the, some of the episodes that came from Season 1, so please feel free to jump back through onto YouTube, Spotify, um, and all other good um, podcasting platforms and have a listen to them. Um, and otherwise, thanks very much. Thanks, Josh. Cheers for being a legend. Um, and see you all next time. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks for having me.